The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Wrestling Inc. Thursday show, and have we got a good one for you. We're going to be talking all about WWE, AEW, and so much more. But before we get into all that, let me introduce our special guest. Hey, if you're on YouTube, then you already know who it is. But if you're listening to the audio-only version later, you still have no idea who this could be. It could be a total surprise for you. Well, let me say who it is. It's Avenge Sevenfold's own Johnny Christ. Johnny, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. It's quite an honor. And uh, I love that little intro you had there, that little countdown there. It was that was that was epic, man. Yeah, the music's a little intense. I think I feel like, I every, like time it. I, every time I listen to it, I'm like, man, I gotta get ready for war when this thing's playing. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're setting your guests up for, huh? Right, yeah, exactly. So uh, obviously we gotta talk about a whole bunch of stuff, but you're in a, a pretty popular band, and so I always like to start mm -hmm. off chatting just about easy stuff, something that's easy to talk about. What are you listening to right now? What's on your playlist right now? Whether it's new, old, whatever, what are you listening to? Oh man, uh, for you know, for like backyard parties and stuff, I still like to go with the the old Pandora. I know that sounds really old to all the kids listening to me right now, but <laughs> I go to Pandora and I and I put in a radio. I always put in a "Ain't No Mountain High Enough" uh, for for radio station. It plays all Motown by the pool. It's it's fantastic. But as far as like. Uh, when I'm listening headphones in or just cruising in the car, it's there's only three records I've been listening to lately. And it's uh, uh, the Dirty Heads, Midnight yeah. Control, uh, uh, White Reaper. Um, what's the what's the name of the album? But it's the new White Reaper one. There's like mm -hmm. something about getting along for the ride. Um, yeah. And then the new 100 Gex, 10,000 Gex record is insanely good those are the only three records i've been listening to for the past like six seven months you have quite the the range there i'll be honest i was i'm, I'm surprised you went with motown for what you're listening to at the back i love, motown. I love motown motown's so good I, we we are gonna sound old <laughs> talking yeah. but it but it, it put, just puts you in the right right frame of mind you know for for like just hanging out just most i mean all the songs that i that come up on that playlist are 
they're happier songs. It puts you in a good mood. That's why I like it. I'm outside hanging out by the barbecue, whatever it is, jumping in the pool. But uh, yeah, I mean, even if we do sound old, I think the kids listening to this should go listen to some of the some of this uh, some of the music we're talking about because yeah. it's fucking good. The thing that makes me feel the oldest is that Pandora feels old because I feel <laughs> Pandora being the cool new thing. <laughs> it was brand new, man. I had it playing from my DVD player. I was one of the first ones that had a DVD player that actually had apps. Yeah, and I was like, wow. Now, now I'm now it's just real old. We brought up DVDs. We're in trouble. Yeah, we're done. Well, we didn't go to VHS, so we're okay. We're okay (laughs) there. Uh, But everyone who's joined along, I want to thank everyone who's joining us. uh, Whether you're listening later or live, make sure to like, comment, share, subscribe, five-star review, all that good stuff. If you're in the live chat, thanks for joining us. We've already got the Tornado Anthony Y, Gluten Free, uh, Jane Young in the house already showing up here. So some great folks here. Good to see you. If you have any questions, let us know. now, Johnny, you've been doing this for a while, so you know this is where we make all the uh, the advertisers happy, all the, the money guys uh, happy. We're going to chat about something that you've got cooking right now, and it will, right, it's coming out tomorrow as of recording. you got a new album coming out, uh, Life is But a Dream, Avenge Sevenfold. Uh, nobody is already on Spotify. That's what the kids are listening to now, Johnny. Yes, Spotify. I know. Uh, tell me a little bit about this one. Uh, what is this going to be for new fans, old fans, a little bit in between? What do you think? I don't know, man. I hope it's just for fans of music. I mean, at this point in our career, it's our eighth uh, album that we're putting out and putting together. And it's been a long journey. It took us five years to get this this thing put together for everybody. And I've lived with it for those five years. And I love it. I love every bit of it. I'm super proud of what my boys were able to accomplish and what we were able to do together. Um and yeah, it's just, it's the next evolution of Avenged Sevenfold. Um, every record, we challenge ourselves and challenge our fans to go on a musical journey with us. And it's no different in that sense. Um, the, the, you know, the, the philosophy hasn't changed too much. It's, but the music has, I mean, it's, it's, mm-hmm. but it's still Avenged Sevenfold, you, you know, and I, I make the joke that this album is a grower, not a shower. Um, it's <laughs> absolutely it's something you're going to want to live with for a little while before making a, any snap judgments, I think anyway, but you know what, go find out for yourself. I mean, that's, that's what, that's what art is about, right? You make it, you put it together, you make it the best you can. And it's up to everyone else to decide if it's good, bad or ugly, you know? Yeah. I was going to say five, five years. Was that slowed down because of everything shutting down or is that just how long you guys take or no, partly. Well, we usually don't take that long. Uh, we come off the road from a, from a cycle of about, you know, 18 months or something like that. Some, some, some little bit longer. Uh, and we take like about a month or so to kind of think about what we want to accomplish. Like I said, what, how we want to challenge ourselves moving forward on, on a new record. And uh, you know, then we start writing and we, when we, you know, we put in hours a day uh, together. And then of course, when you're, you know, it, we also write on our own, you know, in our own home studios as well. So there's a, there's a long process in that stuff. And usually we get it done in about a year, but we got off the road in uh, late 2018. And uh, this album took, a, we were taking a little bit longer writing it um, just, just by the nature of the songs that we were trying to accomplish here. And uh so by the time we were ready, we started going to go book time to make these demos sound good, you know, mm-hmm. um, and go into some studios in L.A. and, and Orange County. And uh, that was right when the pandemic hit and we had to go, oh, well, we're not doing that right now. We got to right. we, we put this on pause as everyone had to put their lives on pause for a while there. 
Um, but for us, even as we were coming back, I mean, we did do some stuff during the pandemic when we could, you know, have to wear masks and all these LA studios and everything like that and test every day. It wasn't the, it wasn't the greatest experience, but we were getting through it. But then when it came to things, I mean, we have a 72 piece orchestra on this record for some of the songs and they were, and they're part of a union. There's no way that they would possibly, uh, be able to do that under the pandemic protocols or whatever. So we just took our time and and uh, we were like, oh, we could do it in quintets. We could record in quintets. We're like, no, man, that's going to take away the vibe. Like, right. we'll just wait. We already waited this long. And this was by, by then it was like 2021. We're like, we're already been home for this long. Like, whatever. We'll we'll take our time and wait. And uh, we did. And we got to use uh, the Sony stage that uh, Over the Rainbow was at and all the Wizard of Oz stuff. And John right. Williams uses now for all the Star Wars scoring. I mean... It's a sick room. I'm glad we waited. <laughs> yeah, it's that's got to be surreal to get to work in those places. And I mean, because obviously you guys are a big, big deal now. But I mean, I, going back to when you were younger, first starting. In fact, you got to verify this for me. I read this, but it was on Wikipedia, which sometimes has a. <laughs> we know sometimes body, it's sometimes body. it's good, sometimes it's bad. I I, I understand. I understand. Did you, move did, over to the center of this shot for you a little bit, though. There we is go. It, is it a? Is it true that you? You dropped out of high school to go to join Avenged Sevenfold, and uh, yeah. that—that's a true story. That had to that be, is an what absolute a gutsy move. <laughs> gutsy, <laughs> stupid, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I was—I was eighteen, you know. I—I uh, uh, I just turned eighteen right before um, the the boys gave me a call. I was fr- I was friends with them, you know. We all grew up yeah. in Huntington Beach together. They were. Uh, in grade school, they were closer to uh, one of my older brothers, but I, I'd gotten to know them over the years as well. And when they 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 needed someone to fill in for a couple weeks, and so I threw my name in the hat, and they're like, "Yeah, let's go. Let's take let's take little Johnny out here." And uh, I was like, "I'll just take a couple weeks off of school. Won't be a big deal. I'll get a tutor. I'll get caught back up. It'll be a really good experience for me because I'm in my own band. And I just want to see how you guys work." It was really just like kind of kind of that thing. I wasn't really expecting to get the gig. Um, and then they asked at the end of the two weeks, they're like, do you want to stay on full time? And it was a resounding yes, of course. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to go get my GED. You know, I'm, I'm done mm-hmm. with the school stuff, you know. And, uh, <laughs> I never ended up getting my GED either. So <laughs> I, just started, I was like, I'll always come back to it. Whatever. I could I could do adult school. But no, the, the real the realness is that there was no guarantee that we would be where we are. But I had faith in the rest of the guys for sure. I put my faith in there and rolled the dice and I, I got to be honest. I know I got pretty effing lucky. So, but I'm, I'm here and I'm, I'm, I'm super grateful and couldn't be happier to be doing this with, uh, with, with four of my brothers. And it's, it's pretty great. Were you a fan of wrestling back then? Or was that something that came, came along later? I have been a fan of wrestling since literally before I can remember. And I mean that truthfully, uh, I was at the first ever, uh, I'm sorry, the second WrestleMania the during the, oh, wow. the simulcast one. I was three months old, um, and uh, my parents had to take me along because I was not a formula baby, we'll put it that way. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I was there uh, in the at the L.A. part of it. I've, I've since rewatched this one. Luckily, they have the vault, and I got I got heavy into the vault about four or five years ago. I was like, oh, this is awesome. So right. I went back and watched it. I was like, McMahon is such a genius. This is 1985. And he tries to do a simulcast in L.A., Chicago, and New York for WrestleMania. And he pulls it off. This is way yeah. before the technology we have, like a StreamYard that we're on right now or a Zoom or anything like that. Like, he pulled that shit off. And I was like, 
And I got yeah. to be a part of that, you know, and uh, ever since I've, you know, when I actually had consciousness and got a little older, uh, my, my father raised me, my father and older brothers raised me on wrestling. So I've been a fan since forever. It's one, I always like to say, I love that you, you talk about how Vincent Mann pulled it off. Cause I would say Vincent Mann for sure has his faults, but we got to give the devil his due sometimes. I mean, he has done so much for pro wrestling and built oh, so, yeah. much, like, so many crazy risks. Speaking of risks from earlier on that some paid off, some didn't, but I, looking back, it's easy to say, Oh yeah, but that was a good idea. But at the time, that could have been a huge mistake. Oh, it was only the second WrestleMania. Like now we know what we're, we're, we're in 38, 39 now. That, that last yeah. one was 38. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now it seems like, oh, it's he's you, you got to go for the big risks and everything like that. Like, yeah, first WrestleMania was a success, but it was a success on that level in 1984. Like that's a different level for wrestling than what it is now that we've grown to know because mm -hmm. of guys like Vince McMahon. And you're right. Yeah. There's plenty of stuff you can poo poo about him and you know, all the, all the rumors, I guess, cause I've never met him. I don't know if you have, I don't, I, no. I don't, I don't know. I don't know the man personally. I could only go off of rumors and, and, and what I see as a fan and sure, I mean, I guess if if he's behind everything as as much as they say he is, then there's a couple of times where I might have a gripe with what I'm watching or why it's going down. But that's part of being a wrestling fan too, yes. by the way. That's why yes. we get to gripe about it and 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 make those comments. And that's what makes us so, so fanatical. We can have a conversation with someone because everyone disagree, disagrees on it. It's not it's not typical right. sports. It's sports entertainment. So there's a lot of disagreements on how things should have gone down, right? But yeah. at the end of the day, the the entrepreneur that is Vince McMahon gave us what wrestling is today. There's no denying it. So it's like yeah. when he did something right, give, give the man his flowers, you know? 100%. And so I think too, you talk about being at WrestleMania too. Who would have thought must've been incredible for you. I believe it was WrestleMania 32. You guys had the uh, hail to the King as the theme of WrestleMania. What you got to walk. I forgot in. about that. I forgot about that. Because that was in that was in 2013, right? Something like that. Um, it's ten years ago now. Uh, yeah, someone might have to fact check me on the number. Yeah. To be totally honest, I don't think it was 32 because we just did 38, and Hail of the King came out in 2013. So it's, it had to be maybe 29, 28, 29, something like that. Uh, so, but I mean, how did that happen? Was that just something that I, happened? You're like, oh, surprise, or did you pretty much, it in, or was? What was that uh, like hearing your song on WrestleMania? That's got to be mind blowing. All right, so I got to be honest because I'm on a po long form podcast here. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bullshit anybody. Yeah. There was a time when I went uh, and I wasn't watching wrestling very regularly, so mm -hmm. I did miss that one. Um, I heard about it later, so it was, I didn't get like that whole pinch me moment or anything like that as a wrestling fan. And at, and to that point, we had we had done. They had picked up our song for video games and and some other stuff in, in the past. We we had been yeah. featured on small things, but WrestleMania was a bigger deal, obviously. Um, I I mean, it was just flattering, you know. There's nothing nothing crazy about it at the time. It was just it was when I heard it, I was like, oh, that's that's really cool, you know. I think uh, I think actually Jericho was the one that told us about it because um, uh, it went it went through uh, uh, promotions and stuff like that within the label, I believe they had to do it like by the book. It wasn't like they just called us up. Uh, uh, although, uh, John Hammer, I met him at the last WrestleMania and we're hoping uh, to get some more Avenge, so Avenge songs licensed in some, into some, uh, WWE stuff. And we told him just to talk to us. Don't bother going to the label. Just talk <laughs> yeah. to us. We're fans, man. Like, I was like, we're fans. Just come on. Let's, let's go. 
well, as you say, the whole band is fans. You guys all get into it me, together. Me and Matt, me and Matt, uh, our singer Matt is uh, is a big wrestling fan too. He grew up the same way. He's not as current as I am. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think he's focused on some other things right now. But uh, but everyone's. I, I went to uh, WrestleMania with him. We got a suite and we were all hanging out with our kids and stuff like that. And it was uh, that was night two that he came out to. So he's still. I know he's still a wrestling fan. But as I said. I'm the current wrestling fan in, in, in the band. <laughs> We've all loved it, though. Right. It's um, and, and you know, you, you talk about taking a break from wrestling. I always say that's totally okay. Some people, I feel like, think they get a medal of honor for never missing a show ever, and that's cool. But I always think, like, sometimes it's good to step away for a little bit. You know, and it wasn't for any other reason, but life, you know, life gets in the way sometimes. You find other things that you prioritize, and uh, for different i think that's just because if everyone's honest with themselves they go through that anyway like with everything in life there's times when you want to listen to heavier music or softer music whatever you want to watch a comedy over a drama you know everyone makes those decisions daily you know it's like i just i didn't like consciously say fuck wrestling it just never i wasn't i wasn't staying current i would check in every once in a while especially after we befriended chris jericho um i would check in and see what he's what he's up to and a couple of the other guys and it wasn't really until uh, I started my podcast, had a couple of uh, uh, Hall of Famers on the show and uh, a couple of current guys. And then, excuse me, uh, I had my my now six-year-old son and uh, we started watching wrestling together. And I was like, this is, this is what it's all about, you know? And now he tells me the other night after watching Double or Nothing that he wants to be a wrestler. And I was like, well- I love it. Let me, let me, I mean- I'm no slouch as a dad. I might, I might have some connections to get you into the right schools for something like this. Yeah. I mean, let me ask around, you know? So, uh, I don't know how, I don't know how good the scene is here in orange County. So I might have to go outside for that, but, uh, I might be putting them into some uh, wrestling school. Well, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this on wrestling Inc, but I work with a company called Santino bros wrestling, uh, and they train. And in fact, Brody King over at, uh, speaking of musicians and wrestling, yeah. he trained at Santino bros. So, He's a bigger guy. I'm, I'm, I'm a little guy. My son's not going to be very big either. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to ask guys like Darby where he went to school and stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I, I think he was in the Northwest. He's a Seattle guy. Yeah, he was a Seattle guy, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to him anyway. I actually became, he came on the show um, in like, right when we started pretty much making this a real podcast, it started as a YouTube series before, um, but Darby came on the show with uh, his then wife, Priscilla Kelly, Gigi Dolan now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a blast. We hit it off right away. And, and ever since then, Darby comes on at least once a season of, of, of my podcast. And when he's in town, he's staying at my house and stuff. We came, we became fast friends over music and wrestling pretty much. And then, uh, and he's always been really cool to my son. When he had the TNT title, he'd come by and my son got to take pictures with the TNT title. And I'm like, oh, cool. dude, I'm like, you have no idea how awesome this is, son. Like, that right. would be like Bret Hart bringing over the Intercontinental title when I was your age. Like that would be yeah. to, to your house. I'm like, you're so spoiled. You're so spoiled. It's so, yeah, you have no idea. <laughs> you have, like, Johnny, I love that you mentioned Bret Hart because there was a time I would have killed someone to be the kid that gets the glasses from Oh, Bret yeah. Hart. Oh, yeah. Like I would have, as an, if I could go back in time now as an adult, I would shove a kid out of the way to try <laughs> to get the glasses. <laughs> I might do the same thing. I might do the same thing then. <laughs> if I could. Uh, but yeah, so how, so you mentioned Darby, you mentioned Jericho. Did you become friends with these guys? Well, at least Jericho, I know obviously he has Fozzie's and he's in music. Did you connect with him via music first or was it through wrestling or through the podcast? How did that go? Uh, Jericho was uh, back in 2010, 
2011 when we had uh mike portnoy drumming for us he was he was really good friends with chris um uh i know jerry at the time we didn't know how much he was steeped in knowledge of music but after getting to know him he is an encyclopedia of music it's not just metal he's an encyclopedia of music and he's got quite the record collection cd collection whatever it is these days um <laughs> but uh yeah he's i mean we went over to his house when we were in florida that was the first time i met him he cooked us up some steaks and uh let it lent us our jet skis a funny story i could get back to on that one with mike portnoy but uh yeah, that the whole connection really came from Mike. He was always friends with Chris, and Chris had uh we had heard him in uh, in interviews and on his uh, Talk Is Jericho podcast, uh, giving us praises, and we always thought that was cool. We we're like, oh man, like me and again, me and Matt were like, Chris Jericho knows who we are. This is awesome. Right. Like this is fucking this is great. Um, and then yeah, flash forward a few years, we actually get to meet him, become really good friends with him. Like I said, we're out at his house and he's barbecuing up steaks in in, in in Florida. Now every chance we every time we're crossing paths, like I I saw Fozzie play in Orange County at the Garden Grove Amphitheater just last year. Got to say hi to him and stuff. So yeah, it's it's it to answer your question more directly, yeah, it came from music. That's that, that's got to be awesome. I mean, did you have a little bit of the jitters when you met him? Like, oh my, because Chris Jericho, at least to me, I mean, I don't know if I was he was there at 2011, but to me, I look at him and I think top 10, maybe. I mean, he's he's oh, he's yeah, he's he's up there, man. His, his skill and especially the his longevity too, uh, of being able to constantly reinvent himself, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And there's I don't I, I can't think of anyone else that's reinvented themselves that many times for that long, you know what I mean? Like. You have a couple of the things successfully. Yes. Yeah. You have a couple of big changes usually in your career where like even taker becomes, you know, more biker taker, American badass taker. But it, it, that was one big change. And he, we're talking about a hall of famer and undertaker who I love was what, probably one of my favorites growing up, you know, if not my favorite, actually in third grade, he was definitely my, my favorite wrestler. Cause I dressed up at, as him for uh, Halloween <laughs> and uh, did love our, it. It, it was it was a great costume my mom helped me with uh but yeah um the way jericho has been able to reinvent himself and now wizard the ocho i die every time because knowing the guy too like personally i'm laughing because i'm like how did you uh, you had to have been laughing when you were coming up with this one chris like that that's right. too good that's just too good and uh you know it's it's super inspiring i i text him every once in a while to see what he's when he's in aw right now um still kicking ass all these years later and putting over young talent, man. It's, it's really cool to see. I, I text him and I said, dude, I know, I know, I know we don't talk much about wrestling all the time, but when we do, I just want to let you know, like I'm watching you. And I think it's, I think it's fucking awesome that you're giving back to wrestlers right now. Cause he really is. Yeah. You look at a hall of fame career that he's had being at AEW with these, with these young upcoming superstars, he's, he's really putting them over as much as he can al along the way, you know? And I think it's, I think it's admirable. And I love that you say that. I always say we don't give Jericho enough credit for him doing that because a lot of times people say, oh, he like a star is working with a younger guy, but the star is still getting the dubs, still getting the wins. I mean, Jericho's even taken L's to guys like yeah. even, and we'll talk about double or nothing here in a second. But I mean, he lost to Adam Cole. He's lost to Orange Cassidy. He's lost to Action Andretti. He's lost to uh, Ricky Starks. He's lost to a lot of these guys. To he lost to Orange Cassidy in great fashion, by the way. Getting oh, thrown yeah. into a mimosa. Come on. That was, that was, that's great fashion to lose in. 
Yeah, it, it absolutely is. Not only is it fun, but like super fun. I, I mean, it's so you can't ask for more from a legend than what he is doing. I don't think we give him enough credit for that. It just because I'm sure he could very easily throw his weight around a little bit and be oh, like, hey, yeah. I want to I beat some people. I'm Jericho. I'm I helped build this whole company, but he helped build it. He, he's he's the only guy to beat to beat the Rock and Stone Cold in the same night. I think it was it was yep. that was that what it was? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> no one else can say that. <laughs> I heard a great story about him trying to order pizza after that and having trouble uh, that That's night. That's funny. That's um, funny. But uh, but yeah, we we talk a bit about Double or Nothing. Uh, I was lucky; I got to be there in person. It was a oh. really really fun crowd. Uh, which, by the way, on Twitter, people are saying it sounded dead on the show. It was fun there. It was live. People were rowdy in person. I, I didn't. Know. You know, I went last year's to Double or Nothing last year. Um, at T-Mobile Arena, and I think that was the first one that was at T-Mobile. They've only done four altogether now. Yeah. Um, I agree. Vegas crowd was awesome. I, I and I'm from Orange County, so it's not like I have I'm partial to it or anything like that. But I thought, I mean, I do love Vegas. Don't get me wrong. Who right? Doesn't? Who doesn't? But uh, but yeah, no, the Vegas crowd was awesome. And I'm I, I'm curious. I have a question for you too because I was yeah. talking to Darby afterward. I I went down the list with them the other night, and because he, he wanted my honest opinion on the entire night, so. I gave it to him and I, was, I, went, I, I went down the list. But one of the things that I thought was a great match, but didn't, but maybe the, I would agree with the people on Twitter watching at home, the Anarchy in the Arena match seemed not as good as last year's Anarchy in the, in the Arena. Um, but when I was there, but that's the difference. I was there last year. I wasn't there this time. But when Jericho and the Blackpool Combat Club was fighting each other last year, they did some crazy cool shit with like the cameras getting the the big arm on the camera running into people. They yeah. went, I mean, I thought that one was a little better. That was my one of my criticisms of a what was, in my opinion, a great pay per view. But that was one of my criticisms. So how what what say you on that? Like how was how would you say the the Anarchy of the Arena one went over? You know, this is going to sound different than what I think most people would expect, but I agree. I liked last year's more. Because I was live for this one, but it was harder to watch live because you don't see half of it. You know what I mean? It's right. like people are in the crowd or like you miss a lot of the little things that when you see later, they were zooming in on something or you get it a little bit more when you're watching it on TV because you can also hear them explaining sure. what's happening or, or what's going on where this, it was such a mess. I mean, it was, don't get me wrong. It was exciting. But at the same right. time, you're like, who's in the ring right now? Oh, okay. Wait, where is this person? There's, oh, there's something going on over on this side of the arena. Who's over there? Uh, and you're kind of trying to figure out what's going on more so than just enjoying what's happening. But I think you're right. Not, not to continue to put over Jericho. I think a lot of that is Jericho so good at finding the entertainment and stuff. And right. like, like the camera on the big, um, what do you call it? The, the arm. You, yeah. The arm. I just call it the arm. I, I know that there's yeah. a name for it. The boom. I don't yeah. know. I, I wanted, I was gonna say, <laughs> that's Mike. But, yeah. Yeah. That's why I was, I'm, there's gotta be a different name for that, but yeah, uh, no, I think you're right. I think that was definitely a factor. I also think just the, see, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't miss not being able to know every spot. Like I thought that that was like the chaos of it. Being in that right. arena, I don't. I I mean, I love hearing Tony and Jim Ross and and Taz and uh, S. Caliber and the whole crew. They're great commentators, but like being there, I didn't have them in my ear. So uh, me and my buddies were just constantly like, pointing to each other, like "Look out over there! Look out over there!" And like it was just pure chaos. And I'd never seen anything like it at that time. So I was like, "This is cool." And then I was I was excited for because I love the elite. 
Uh, I love the Blackpool uh, Combat Club. I thought I think they're all great talent. So I'm like, let's go. This is gonna be a great match. It's great talent. You know, it's anarchy. They're you're gonna pull out all the stops, and they did. I mean, dude, the the tacks and the feet. Everybody at my house that even aren't fans. So we had a bunch of friends over, and they aren't even necessarily fans of wrestling. They're like, what the? And I was like, yeah, dude, like that's right. That would be. That would be fucking painful. You you know, standing on a Lego, if you have kids, how bad that is. Imagine yeah. fucking tax. <laughs> I would say, like, if if I was a wrestler and someone poured tax out, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> they, wouldn't, they wouldn't even have yeah, to do this. For sure. Yeah, I'm tapping. I'm done. Okay, you want this more than I do. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Thanks, thanks, thanks for playing. Yeah. I, I always think about the poor referees, too, because they still got to slam their hands down for counts and stuff. Oh, you saw referees. that a couple of times. He, it happened to him a couple of times. I remember that. If, if I was a ref, I'd like clear the space before I counted it. Well, let's be honest. These guys are different breeds out there. I mean, I, my hat goes off to every single person that's, that's involved in wrestling that, that entertains me and puts their body on the line. Let's be real. Like that's what they're doing, but they're, but they live for it. They love it. That's their purpose. And I think that's, I think it's, be, it's a beautiful thing, but yeah, you couldn't get me to do that stuff. Darby asked me to do shit like that all the time. Like he comes over and we do penalties for games and stuff. And I'm right. like, I'll play the game, but I ain't doing one of your crazy ass penalties, dude. Like he went like whips with a belt, pepper spray, all this shit. And I'm like, that's all good for you, man. But I ain't doing it. <laughs> yeah, can't we do drinks or something? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Darby doesn't drink though, so I can't get him on that one either. So I'm like, yeah, Darby, Darby especially feels like you would not want to play that game with him because you're not going to out tough him either. No, you know? no, no, not at all. He likes it. Yeah, he you're, loves you're it. He loves one. it. And he's like, and he's really, you know, he's, and we, we joke about it, but he's, he's really talented at, at what, what he does to not hurt himself. Like he's, there's just like uh Mick Foley. Um, mm -hmm. There's a method to the madness. I mean, and Mick Foley had did it a little, a little bit more reckless, I would say. Um, if I'm being honest, but like Darby comes from the skating stunt world. Like he does everything that he does is calculated. And right. I know that firsthand. I'm not just saying it like everything he does is calculated and it's um, maybe not on the spot calculated. I'm not saying every move that he makes in the ring is a calculated move from before. It's just the way he moves, what he, his, his brain around everything, let's say is, is a hundred percent calculated. And he, that's, that's how knock on wood to this day, he's, he's not getting seriously injured because the shit he does makes me think he's like, yeah, I was like, dude, right. <laughs> you're going to get fucked up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Half the things I see, I'm like, ah, I'd be done. That's all yeah. I'm doing. But, but you make a good point. Cause I know a lot of people will say, they'll talk about the risks that wrestlers take in, mm -hmm. during matches like this. And don't get me wrong. They're big risks, but I've always been a believer in that's their call. They know what they're, they know what's happening more than I do. So sure. I'm not going to wag my finger at them and I'm not going to say they should do something or shouldn't do something. They're the experts. They're the pros. Yeah. We like to it. we like to criticize and have fun as wrestling fans. But I'm in all seriousness. I'm I know I don't know anything about about what's going on in the locker room and right. on that and on that ring. Like no, and I and, and and I and I know that you know. That's how it is for me too. Being on the stage, like no one really knows what we're doing behind the scenes. Like unless you're also a musician who does that. Like you have to actually have done it to fully understand it. You could speculate. You could have fun with it. Everything like that. At the end of the day, that's it's it's part of our perceptions, right? Everyone gets their gets one perception. It's the one that we're given. And it's the one that we roll with, you know. And yeah. 
you know, I'm not going to sit here and try and be like, oh, I know more about wrestling because I've watched it for longer. <laughs> right. <I> was, <laughs> that doesn't make I, any sense. <laughs> I always say my main way of critiquing or looking at wrestling is how did I feel in the moment? And so we talk about that um, anarchy in the arena match. I know some people will talk about how the exploding super kick moment maybe that was funny. Whatever. I loved it. That I was fun. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was fun. I was like, and it made me think I, I, I wanted to, I, I don't know. I don't know these guys personally, the, the bucks. I don't, I don't know them personally yet. Yeah. We'll talk, yeah. I'll, I'll get to meet them soon. Uh, but uh, I got to ask him if they've saw that. Uh, I don't know if it's called a meme anymore, but whatever short TikTok <laughs> clip or whatever. Right. The, I hope the, it's still a meme. I'm yeah, I know, but it's a video. So it's a video. So I don't think it's quite a meme. I don't know though. I'm not trying to keep up. I'm, I'm I've got a six year old son. Do the math. Uh, you know, so. Uh, I there was there was one that I saw a short or a TikTok video or whatever that I saw on social media on my phone one day and this wife uh gets her husband by putting a bunch of those those uh those poppers that we used to throw around on the ground that make the popping yeah. sound on the bottom of his shoes so when he goes to slip them on they popped and scared the shit out of him so I was like was there some inspiration in that short video for putting cuz I mean the firework thing I mean we know it wasn't a firework it was pretty much those pop rock things that we're talking about that, right, that right. popped on it and I was like it's a cool move though I thought it was fun cuz it made me laugh I mean I went <laughs> it's not like I watched it and went like man he kicked him so hard that was crazy it was like <laughs> no come on we're smarter wrestling fans than that I right. think a lot of people who aren't wrestling fans watch our reactions or like don't they have a different reaction to these kind of things than, than an actual wrestling fan. Right. right. Uh, just a passerby would be like, Oh, that's so stupid. But like, yeah, that's why it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. It's so fun. It, it, like I said, it just makes me feel good. I laugh. It's a good moment. And then, uh, but also what's cool about it too, the people, the, the, in like the more in-depth stuff, like not to get too far in the weeds here, but speaking of people who don't watch wrestling, I always think if you showed the last part of Double or Nothing, the Four Pillars match and the uh, Anarchy in the Arena to a, a non-wrestling fan, you almost give them the entire spectrum of what you can expect from pro wrestling. And really, and done well too. Not just give them the yeah. looks, but like, I mean, I hope we get into that Four Pillars match because I Let's thought- Let's do it. I, I want to right now because I thought that was incredible. I know this is going to sound like I'm a homer because I just talked about how Darby's a friend of mine and stuff, but- that 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 was that was the show stop that was the showstopper for me when I mm -hmm. watched it at home I watched it live I made sure that like I got I, you know got home in time I was at a 40th birthday party so I didn't I, I didn't catch everything live I got in right as right as uh, Chris made her made her appearance back and won the title I was like yeah. oh shit I can't believe I just watched that and then I just went right right into the four pillars match and watched with my son and both of us are just like literally staring at it going. What did I just watch? Like every every move, like MJF is so great. He's probably my favorite wrestler right now. Like just yeah. because his heel work is unbelievable. And from what I understand, the guy doesn't break character, which is fucking awesome to me. No, there's not right. enough of that. Um, and and not not and anyone can make the art however they want, but that's what works for MJF. And you know, you see him in the press conferences afterwards, still talking shit and like mm -hmm. bleeding all over the place with his and and he's not wrong. I'm watching him going like, guys, he's not wrong. He is he is better than everybody. And at the mic, and but he could go in the ring too. He put, he just showed you with the four pillars. There there wasn't a weak link in that in that match. I don't think everybody could go in that ring. And they went they went hard. They sold everything. The false finishes like 
everything about the storytelling in the ring. I wasn't the biggest fan of the storytelling le- leading up to the match. I'll be honest, mm-hmm. but when it came to, you know, the hype, the hype video into their entrances and them going in the ring, I was like, okay, like it's on. And you could see, I was so happy for guys like Darby and, and Sammy who just like, you could tell they almost broke character a little bit there at the beginning of the match. Right. And we're like, let's fucking go. This is our time. Right. And they they didn't shrink from the moment, dude, because it was the first time they were main eventing. And it was like, and they did not shrink from the moment. They went, they went hard and it was sick to watch. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. And what was cool about it, too, is not only was it, like, did they go hard? Was it fun? You could watch it as a non-fan or someone who's never watched AEW enjoy it and enjoy it, but... There are so many little nods throughout, like how they all used each other's uh, mentors' moves, mentors moves, and things. That, like that. was mind-boggling. So cool because I didn't. You don't even think about it. Oh yeah, they all did have a mentor, and they all did like just so many little things that were thrown in there. And the fact that like MJF got hurt but still kept going. And you're right, MJF on the microphone. I always say it's not just that he's good; like, he never stutters. There's never a even a second of let me think of what to say or oops, let me start. It just bam, bam, bam. And he'll go for 15 minutes and doesn't skip a beat. It's incredible. Dude, his, his promo that he did on the, that sports podcast, I can't remember what it was before the Iron Man match at the last pay-per-view. I right. watched that thing and he goes for like seriously five to seven minutes without skipping a fucking beat on a one-on-one monologue. Now that I'm on a mic and doing my own podcast, I know just how difficult that is. And I'm like, that is so impressive. And then, like I said, he can go in the ring. He's smart. Like he's, he's the ultimate heel. Only the only bigger heel right now is Don Callis from last night. But that, you know, oh. that's, that's a different story. That was so right. cool, by the way. That was so cool. I, um, I love that. Yeah, just yeah. nuclear, nuclear. Dude, was, I was like, dude, that is that's what he went back into the locker room and fucking slapped some hands. Cause that was like, he's like, I got it. I got it. Still got it. Everyone hates me. This is great. Right. <laughs> he's the slimiest guy in pro wrestling. Oh, so good. <laughs> I don't know. There may, you can debate whether people are better on the mic or whatever, but like, he just has a way. You, he's just so hateable. He just oh, that's like, Yeah. And no one, you didn't want to see him as, as part of the elite, as a good, as a good guy, a face. No, I didn't want to no. see that. I don't, I don't, it's not believable. It's just, right. it's, like, it's like trying to make Paul Heyman a face. Like that's not going to happen. That's, not ever. No, no one's, no one's on board with that. You know, they're just, they're just too slimy. That's how yeah. they come across. I don't know them personally, but they just come across as slimy, you know? So it's yeah. like, you know, you got to stay, you got to, and you got to enjoy that shit. Cause from the little bit I know, uh, most of the wrestlers that I've come in contact, not all of them, but most of them enjoy being the heel, like more mm-hmm. than, more than the face. And when I was growing up, I always thought that that would be opposite. Right. But like, no, right. like, the heels where it's at. And I'm like, I, I did that. I did. Cause I grew up huge Ric Flair fan. When right. Hogan changed. I was 12 years old and Hollywood Hogan was the coolest thing to me. I love yeah. DX. I love, uh, you know, like I said, undertaker, even in the early years when he was, you know, brought out by Ted DiBiase and stuff, like I've just always gra- gravitated towards the heels. It's like, 
Darby is like my one guy that's a face that I like. <laughs> and obviously I'm a little bit of a homer for it, you know, because I, but I do, but I do respect it. It came from respect originally, our friendship. And because he is, I do think he's extremely talented. Um, and yeah, so going back to that match, those homages to those finishes, I, my son didn't know what that was because he's only six, but I was like, right. dude, that was cool. And how about the nod to Cody Rhodes there? Yes. Yes. That one was that one like all the other ones. I was like, cool, cool, cool. I was like, oh, he did what? And that storytelling right there. That's that's keeping the story of the the war of twenty twenty four going right there in the ring. That's in ring storytelling. That's it was so and it was done so well. Uh, and it's honest too. It's not hiding because he's not with the company anymore, pretending you know he doesn't exist or redacting him from history. It's like no, that's still part of the story. Yeah, the story, not not to steal from the other guys, but the story's right. not done. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's 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 very interesting. And then Jungle Boy, even to the same point, he's not. They're not admitting that uh, he's friends with Christian Cage anymore or anything like that. Yeah. But he but he dropped it, and he was like, "It's like okay, that's cool, right. man. That's real. That's that's that that's that borderline realness that we got from the WCW." WWF Monday Night Wars that they both went mm -hmm. for is like we're gonna blur these lines for the first time ever, and I think it got away from it a little bit over the years. Um, and I, I understand why there's sponsorships, there's money, business gets involved. And I'm not even poo pooing that like that. Hell yeah, go yeah. do that. Like it grow, it only grows the company. I wish, and I think AEW uh, is doing it, and uh, WWE seems to be doing it a little bit more too. Speaking of Cody Rhodes, that's definitely a, a touching on a little bit of realness there too. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, I think I like wrestling, my wrestling tastes are when they're closer to real life, just turning the knob up a little bit, you know? And that's, right. I, 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 I just think that's, it's more intriguing to me, I guess. Well, I, I agree. Cause I think that we can relate to that. That's you're, yeah. you're a person as opposed to a, a caricature that's totally not realistic, but we, I, I got to yeah. ask you something that is, came through in the chat. Tornado, Anthony, why a uh, friend of the show wants to know, uh, wouldn't mind seeing MJF versus Darby to run it back at all in and Darby to pick up a huge win. Wow. Uh, that was after he had asked, uh, to us, what do you think would be a, who do you think would be a huge contender for MJF and to take the title away from him? So Johnny, two good questions. Two good questions. And uh, should it be Darby? I don't. I don't know that it should be Darby. I. I just don't. I. I think Darby is just one of those guys. He's one of those talents that doesn't need the belt, so you you don't need to go with it. Like sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, if he wants it, I, it would, I would be something different. And you know, as as he as his career goes, he's not. To my understanding, and I don't want to put words in in my in my friend's mouth, so don't 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 hold me to this, but it doesn't seem like he has much motivation to uh, actually hold the title behind, you know, whatever. Yeah. But at, at this point, at this point, I'll say so. And I think that is because he recognizes too. I mean, look at a guy like Jake, the snake Roberts, he never held a title, you know what right. I mean? Like, and he's a hall of famer because of right. it, partly because of it. Uh, I think, I think, I think Darby is that kind of uh, transcending talent that he's one of those guys like, even a Scott Hall, he he didn't he didn't hold the the world title. He he had no. the he had the Intercontinental and the Tag Team Championship, and he ended up being the greatest because of it. Right. You know you know so it's like well, Scott, Scott Hall. 
Yeah, whole NWO. I was such an NWO guy. I, too, I still dude. say NWO for life. <laughs> I still wear the shirts. I still wear the shirts on stage. I still wear the shirts on stage. I still, uh, you know, I, I I still throw up the for life all the time. You know, it's like <laughs> I went as Holly. I went as Hollywood Hulk Hogan for uh, uh, Halloween two years ago. Like I'm still, I'm still in it, man. I, I'm not. I'm never giving up on that. Uh, to, to your point about Darby, I kind of agree in that, like, obviously I want him to have all the success in the world, so I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but being a champion almost feels like it's a little too corporate for him, it, for yeah. his character, if that makes sense. Like That's I'd rather see him just mess people up as opposed to be the champion. You know, the only thing I'd like to see what he was able to do a little bit with TNT, if he was to win the, win the title, uh, the big belt, um, yeah, I, I I would like to see it just so I could see his promos because he mm-hmm. does such artistic and different uh, uh, pre-recorded promos than I've ever seen. Like that's one yeah. thing that I could say. Like you've seen guys make videos before, but he came from a, a film school background, so he has a different edge to it. I think, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I would like to see what he would do with the belt. That would, that would be kind of cool. Uh, but as far as is he next on there? I don't know. Uh, who's the next fight for MJF? I mean, we we just found out CM Punk's coming back. I still that was think my that, next question. What, I still what think that that was CM Punk. So, me and my buddy who does the podcast drinks with John Johnny with me always have these debates about what is kayfabe and what's part of the story. You know what mm-hmm. what's what's real, what's not right. And I don't know, man. I still think like he had an injury. He needed to go away for a while, and they came up with a really fucking cool way of making that. Because that's what I want to believe. Now, right. probability factor, probably not what happened. Probably was what what everyone knows that there was a there was a backstage brawl, and um, at the end of the day, everyone involved had to put on their big boy pants and make a business decision. So that's probably the case, but I don't want to believe that. I want to believe that Tony Khan and the crew and everybody else came up with this angle where he's going to go away for so long. When he comes back, it's going to be so polarizing because that's what is missing from wrestling. Sometimes you got stone cold was polarizing. Hollywood Hulk Hogan was, was polarizing. You know, there was people who on both sides who like thought of him as a heel, but then actually kind of liked him too. That's that's what you're missing a little bit sometimes in these characters. And I think I want to believe that that's what they did to create this new character of CM Punk that is so polarizing. I don't have any information on that. It's just a speculation, right. of course. But and if it and if that's the case, could you imagine MJF, who is polarizing and CM Punk potentially polarizing when he comes back? Getting in a real rivalry, the one that we were supposed to get a couple a year ago, and both of them went away suddenly in the middle of it. It's almost too perfect. If it, if if this is just the way it worked out, hey, I, I believe in the universe. Like that, that could have absolutely happened that way. Right. And I also want to believe Tony and the and the rest of the bookie bookers over there had something up their sleeve this whole time, and uh, it would be really cool to see. I love that you say that because I also I'm one of those people like, look, yeah, there's rumors out there, but I've said many times I have no idea what's really going on. I don't know anything, so I'm not going to pretend. And if I'm Tony, never Tony know, doesn't re- Tony yeah. doesn't re- doesn't respond to my text anymore. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's I, uh, actually true. I had him on the podcast. We we do we do uh, text every once in a great while. Uh, but the last couple, I know he was, he was super busy, so I, I didn't. Yeah. Like, you never want to be that guy that like keeps texting. And you can right. see all the blue and like, ne- right. like, you know, so I, I just stopped. <laughs> yeah. But you know, cause yeah. I also know he's busy too. I'm like, he's fucking Tony yeah. Khan. He's, he's, he's got his hands full right now. It's okay that he doesn't text me back. 
Yeah, after three or four, you got to like pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, totally. Okay. okay. <laughs> I was like, all right, all right, I'll take the hit. Yeah, you're busy, you're busy. Oh, he was, yeah, he, he's a great guy, though. He really is. He's a nice he, dude. He's about as busy as they get with what he's got going on. I mean, it's, football, he, wrestling, uh, European football. <laughs> I mean, he's got crazy busy jobs that would be crazy busy on their own, let right. alone multiple of them. Uh, but, he seems like a super nice guy. I mean, I was uh, fortunate enough. I was at the the scrum for uh, all uh, double or nothing this weekend and seems super cool. Seems super nice. Uh, I haven't talked to him in a personal level, but I mean, we yeah. did, we, we, we looked at each other in there. We had a little connection there for oh, a second. Right. Hey, you're a wrestling <laughs> fan and that's what he is. He's just yeah. a wrestling fan, man. And, but he's a wrestling fan with a, a business acumen that, you yeah. know, and that's a great combination for us fans i'll just yeah. put it that way it's a great combination for us fans so who are some of the now by the way i want to make sure I, I get this in because uh we've talked about your podcast but we want to make sure everyone knows it's drinks with johnny that's, that's correct where people can check it out and they can check it out on spotify apple i'm guessing wherever everything you know we, we we i'm sure like this one goes up to it's it just goes up to all the podcasting platforms so whatever one is on your phone that, that, that it comes loaded on your phone, what would Google play, Spotify, Apple, whatever one that is. Uh, yeah. They could get it there. They could subscribe there. I think they call it following. Now when I started doing it, they, it was subscribing and now it's called following on those oh. apps. I what a know. follower thing to do. Change it to following. Like, right. You know, I was like, come on, just leave it to subscribing. I know, I know people get tired of hearing it, but hey, people need reminders. And then of course we do, we do everything on YouTube as well. We, all the, all the episodes come out on YouTube. So uh, that's that drinks with Johnny on YouTube. And you cover a lot of things, but as mentioned, you've had, sounds like Tony Khan on, you've had Darby Allen on, you've had uh, the Hardys on, uh, Revy mm -hmm. Hardy, uh, at least recently for Mother's Day. Uh, we, had so Matt, we had Matt on last year too, and uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to say it, but fuck it. Um, I did actually have Jeff on, um, but we're going to have to re-record that one because uh, it was since he's sober. So I talked to Matt about it. I just got to text Jeff and they're great. They're great people and they're all doing good. So had them yeah. and yeah, I've had a lot of wrestlers. It's, it's actually cause yeah. the show is, is mine. I just kind of have fun with it. And I was like, let's just do stuff that I'm interested in. And there's probably other people who might be interested in it too. Yeah. And uh, so basically everyone who's watching now should definitely check it out. Uh, getting the wrestlers to be on the show. What has that been like? Is it cause I know you're a fan and so it's always, yeah interesting when you're trying to reach out to someone you're a fan of to be like can you be on my show do you still have that now you're bigger than the average uh person you're, you're not a nobody but like do you still have a little bit of that like can you be on my podcast oh yeah absolutely <laughs> are you kidding me like no <laughs> especially earlier on i mean uh, i'll share a quick fun story is uh uh i just started doing the podcast i didn't even know what a podcast was in 2019 uh yeah. Uh, I was just making videos for Avenged Sevenfold's YouTube page. I was like, hey, I got some free time right now. We're writing the record, but I'm going to have some friends over. We're going to make some cocktails at my home bar here and uh, just shoot the shit. And then I was telling my other buddy, Sam, this story at a barbecue who's not affiliated with the entertainment industry whatsoever. He's a contractor for Edison, um, and or he was at the time. Uh, and uh, basically, by the end, of, I was telling him, about it, he's like, well, you know, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts is going to be at the rec room here in Huntington Beach next week. You want me to see if he'd come uh, come be on the show and hang out with you? And I was like, sure, buddy. Yeah, you're going to get Jake the Snake <laughs> Roberts to go. I was like, go go knock yourself out, bud. Go knock right, yourself out. Right. And uh, a couple of days later, he said, I uh, got in contact with his management. He's down to do the show. And I fucking, I almost dropped the phone. I was like, 
are you serious? I just started doing this thing. I had no idea what I was doing. And I, my first, like my second interview ever was going to be with the hall of famer and Jake, the snake Roberts. I was like, I'm not ready for that, but I did it. And it was really fun. I mean, Jake was a great guy. Like he's, he's intense and he's, he's everything everyone comes to know now. And if you saw the A&E uh, documentary, they did a few weeks ago, very brutal, but very honest. Um, and he was, he was very, very friendly to me and very nice to me. So I couldn't thank him enough for, you know, <laughs> taking a chance yeah. on the guy who's just started a podcast, you know? Right. But yeah, I mean, that, that was moments I went over to his hotel and I was just like shaking. I was like, dude. And then I shook even more when I got to meet him. Cause he's like fucking giant. Like you don't think right. about it. Like he's just the pure mass of this man. I was just like, this is, he could eat me alive still. And I, I'm like, this is a couple of years ago. I was like, I'm in pretty good shape. I'm young. And <laughs> this guy is in his sixties and, but no, he would eat me alive. There would be nothing I can do. You know, <laughs> so it's just. Right. I would say that's the shocking thing when you meet a wrestler for the first time is because they're all big. And yeah. so when they're standing next to each other, you're like, oh, that, you know, I remember thinking like, oh, you know, so-and-so like Bret Hart's one of the smaller wrestlers. And then you find out how big he is. You're like, no, that guy for life is a big <laughs> dude. <laughs> And it's because it's it's not even the height and the weight; it's the density, just like football players or any other athlete. Yeah, that's the other thing I think the misconceived notion is that when you're watching it on TV, you think of them as TV or movie stars, but they're not. I know that there's there's acting involved, of course. That's what makes this sport so much fun to watch is that it's it's everything all at once, and I love that. Uh, right. But but they're also different breed athletes. You know what I mean? Like they're they're just dense, man. They're dense. Yes. And it's, yeah, I was uh, at WrestleMania in Dallas and Shelton Benjamin rocked by and you never think of him as like a big guy, but that guy could have walked through a brick wall, I think, without even breaking a sweat. He's just huge, but For he's not sure. even what you think of as a big guy. You're just like, oh yeah, he's the average wrestler, but yeah, he could have thrown me across the building if he wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Well, even like, even like some of the smaller guys, I'm like, they're still bigger than me. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I don't uh I don't think of any of them as small. You see people online like, oh, he's too small. Like, I bet he's not. <laughs> but nope. he's, nope. he's just standing next to the big show. That's the only problem. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think everybody looks pretty small next to him. I mean, yeah, uh, Satnam Singh, uh, I saw him backstage. He shook my son's hand in January <laughs> when we were backstage at the forum. And I looked up at it, I was like, that's a legit seven five. Like that's not a that's not an oversell. That's right. a legit seven five, and that is insane to look at. Like that's just yeah. Every time I see him on on screen, I'm like, he is like his eyes are at the second rope. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, just standing there. Standing <laughs> it's fucked there. up. <laughs> it's fucked up. I'm like, yeah. and he was really again. He was nice. He looked down at my son. And was like, how you doing, little man? And I was like, you're a monster. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> you're a monster in a beautiful way. In a beautiful yeah. way. Yeah. Did he do the whole put his hand on his head or anything like no, that? No, no, we were kind of in passing. I was I was running into some other friends. Like like I said on the podcast, I've had so many of the contemporary wrestlers on too. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, last last year to round double or nothing, uh, they were out as they are for a week doing dynamite rampage and leading into double or nothing. So we got an Airbnb last year and uh, hit up our contacts over at AEW and said, hey. Anybody want to come over and do the podcast? And for about four days straight, we had guys like Keith Lee come over, Swerve come over. Um, Two guys that there? are incredible, by the way. Us. And they were so nice. I actually had the pleasure of driving them both back to their hotel afterward. I was their Uber. And I got lost with Keith. Again, sorry, Keith. I went the wrong way. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was a lot of fun. And then uh, 
uh, had the best friends and, and Orange Cassidy on. That was a that was a blast to film with them because they they're unlike any other wrestlers I've met before. So it was it was it was really cool. Um, yeah. So it, again, the podcast is it is fun. That's what it's for. Uh, I have all these wrestlers, and as I said about wrestling, something I love about wrestling is there's so much entertainment wrapped into one uh, present for us. And I kind of appro- take that approach to my podcast. Really, I mean. Mm-hmm. I have wrestlers, I have musicians from all different genres, and I have comedians and actors and, and uh, fighters and sports athletes of, of all different kinds because I'm just like everybody else, I think. I'm, I'm interested in all this stuff. So anything yeah. that the entertainment bubble, I, I'm, I'm here for it, man. I want to get to know these people. Yeah, I, I want to say real quick, I, inter- I, I got to interview Orange Cassidy last week. And it oh, was yeah? nerve-wracking interviews going into it. Because you don't know what I didn't know what is you know. Am I going to ask a question? He's just going to say, "Yep," and then I'm be like, "Oh, great! I got to fill in the rest <laughs> of the show myself." Like, what? How is it going to go? He was great, but I was definitely going into it worried. Like, oh my gosh, what if this is a five? Did he tell interview? you? Did he tell you he wasn't going to say much? Because he told me before when they walked in together, he's like, "Most of these guys are going to talk. I'm not going to talk very much." And then he ended up being like one of the most talkative people in the in the room because I did them all. I had I had them all together yeah. at the same time. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't tell me much of anything. I just knowing the character, I was like, because right. oh, I knew he wasn't going to be different than the character. But he was actually pretty good. He was. He gave me good answers. We talked about. Uh, in fact, let me get your thoughts on on this. Uh, obviously, he has Jane. He walks out to and uh, CM Punk. We talked about cult of personality. Uh, a lot. Playing, of- we're playing with uh, with, with uh, Living Color in our first show ever in Madison Square Garden coming up on June 23rd. I just want to say that. So yeah. it made me think of it when you said uh, Cult of Personality because it's their first time, Living Color's first time playing MSG. It's our first time that they reached out and said, hey, we're from New York. We've never been able to play MSG before. Would you consider us? And we're like, are you kidding me? You're Living Color. Yes, please yeah. come with us. Let's go do this together. This would be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you're asking people to be on your podcast. These, can I play with you? That's a great story. Well, but, you know, I, I I just I don't mean to make him sound like there's they're legendary, yeah, man. When I was yeah. a kid, I listened to the Living Color all the. I mean, I I, I got to haven't listened to him in a while, but I mean, like when I was a kid, it was all cult personality. You couldn't turn on the old box of tube with and yeah. throw on MTV and not see that music video. It was it was everywhere. It was, it was legendary. Right. Yeah, and it's. It, they're great but I, I there's so much like rock and and metal in pro wrestling and yeah. especially with wrestlers entrances um one any of the entrances that stand out to you as a favorite and two any chance we're gonna get an avenge sevenfold entrance theme for a wrestler anytime <laughs> okay there's two really fun answers to that actually so um one off the bat like I love that AEW uh, and Tony and whoever's involved in it are actually purchasing the rights to some of these old songs because I think that's cool. I always wondered as a kid, like back, especially being like a fan of WCW, when like Diamond yeah. Dallas Page would come out and I was like, that's clearly trying to yes. be Smells Like Teen Spirit, yes. but not quite there. You know, I'm like, why can't they just do some? But I'm a kid. I don't understand yeah. the logistics of it at the time. Uh, so I understand now. And it's actually kind of brilliant what WCW did is they're like, we're going to make it sound almost like it. We're going to pull something from the Warner catalog and make it that sounds almost like it. Right. Um, pretty brilliant, really. <laughs> yeah. But I, I like this. I like it too. It was a, it was a Pearl Jam song. Um, 
I think it was even. It sounded like even flow. I think was that I remember it? WCW. Yeah. Uh, was that Jericho? Or was that Raven? What, what 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 was Ravens? Ravens was a grungy one too. I think. Yeah, Raven had a grungy one too. I don't think it was Raven because I remember being upset that Raven didn't have the even flow sounding song because his move was called the even flow and right. That was one of those it was weird and he dressed like a gr- everyone called him nowadays everyone like I've I've spoken to Raven too and everyone calls him like this goth look and stuff because his name was Rob. I'm like you guys clearly weren't of age because us right. teenagers knew that that was grunge. That was a grunge yeah. era thing. <laughs> like that, yeah. was, that was not a, some goth thing. He wasn't, he wasn't doing, uh, I don't I don't even know. He was, I was, was originally from Seattle area. So I loved, uh, I loved Raven and the flock. I was so, was, so, he was him. so, the flock was so rad coming out with all, I, I, I agree. I, I, yeah. I loved him and he's a nice guy. So, you know, more yeah. power to him. Shout out to Raven, everybody. Uh, yeah. yeah so, Getting back to that, like what 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 they're doing over at AEW, I think it's cool that they're buying the rights to these songs and, and do it. I mean, before Jane, it was uh, the Pixies that Orange yep. was coming out to. Uh, you got Moxley coming out to uh, Wild Thing. Wild Thing. It's a different version. It's not the original, but it's it's yeah. still Wild Thing, which is a song everyone's familiar with. And uh, my son loves that the Elite come out to Kansas, carrying yes. on my wayward son because he see, he knows every word to it now. I'm like, I didn't teach him Kansas wrestling town in Kansas. <laughs> I was like, that's that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, I love so, making up to that, by the way, because that's a song I, I know well, but I'd never once thought of it as like a wrestling intro theme. You would and as soon as I heard that. it, I was like, this is perfect. You always think heavy or something like that, right? But then like, and I, I get for the 70s, that was that was pretty heavy. And, and it, But it's just a really well-written song. You don't think of it as an entrance song. I mean, when I was a kid and I had my wrestling buddies, I played Razor's Edge by... ACDC and I was always wondering why Razor Ramon didn't come out to Razor's Edge by ACDC. I was like, that's right, no brainer. Um, but I would do it and, and, and then yeah, to give the right. Razor's oh, Edge yeah. and stuff. But <laughs> you know, uh, so I love that they're doing all that, and I would love if they wanted to take one of our songs from the catalog. And there's a wrestler out there that would want that, you know, we could work out a deal. Um, uh, yeah. but you know, uh any wrestler you'd like to have walk out to one of your songs if you could pick. Uh, you see, I I don't love that question because I, I res- there's not one out there that I think doesn't have a good. In- All yeah. my favorites have good intros already, right. so I don't want to like sully their intros already, you know. Right. But That's you know, fair. there's there's some upcomers though that could probably that I'm not familiar with that I, I, I fucking go for it. I would love it. I'm, I'd be flattered. Right. Um, I mean, the the iconic intros of all all time when I used to play on my Nintendo was the Undertaker's music was so cool so so different roddy pipers i love the the original uh uh snare drum and 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 uh uh bagpipes there that was awesome and then of course into the attitude era who can who can beat the broken glass at the beginning of stone cold's entrance so good like that's it's just it's it's too good it was so good. Like all their songs for a while had a little like intro thing. They tried to duplicate with it. They tried the to make glass. it as good as, as, as the broken glass. There was no beating it. There's no beating yeah. it. Yeah. The broken this- glass. And then dun, 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 dun. like I, I was learning how to play bass at the time and be in the garage. I'd always, that's, that was my warm up. Every time. Like it was so fucking rad. Um, so yeah. And then a funny story on, if we ever hear us, we did actually record something for Mr. Kennedy Kennedy uh, really? back back in about 2008, 2009. Uh, unfortunately, the WWE at the time and Warner Music at the time that we're on couldn't reach an agreement on the rights to this song. So it never actually happened. 
but we ran into John Hammer, who was still there as the music director over at, at WWE at SoFi when, when me and Matt were there. We were introduced to him. He still had it on his phone. I hadn't heard it in years. He's like, man, I'm so bummed we could never use this. I'm like, there's got to be a, a, stat, a statue of limitations coming up soon. We could, But it was very stylized for Kennedy. We recorded, right. we went up in, into Canada um, and uh, recorded this song that we had actually written. It was an original um and I, I still don't really remember it all that well, but I know there was like a whole, it was a whole thing. And we wrote this whole, you know, almost full track because it was about two minutes. I know they probably wouldn't use all two minutes of it when he's doing right. his intro, but uh, Ken Kennedy, man, we, we were, we were big fans too. We were like, oh, let's oh, yeah. go, dude. Kennedy. What such yeah. a good heel. He was a good heel, yeah. man. Like again, I, we go back to, it. yeah. Yeah, we had we had something for that, and it's not, it's unfortunate business got in the way for that one. To, uh, you know, years later, but you know, hopefully one day we could release it as a fun thing. And even I, I'd like to reach out to Ken Anderson and see yeah. what see what he's up to these days. Because now that I think about it, I'm like, dude, I should have him on my podcast and talk about that. But then what? Because I don't, I've never, I've never had contact with him, so yeah. I have no idea what he was hearing on his end. Did he ever hear the song? Did he? You know, that would be that'd be interesting. If if you're out there, Ken. I'm looking for you, buddy. Right. Yeah. See, reach out, Ken. Uh, Mike Rouse, by the way, saying uh, he used to come out to Thunderstruck when he would walk. Uh, you know, as we talk about. Oh, yeah. You're, you're yeah, your yeah. That's a great one. That's a great yeah. one. I, I, I feel that one. <laughs> uh, that is a good one. But um, I know you're a busy guy. I appreciate you coming through, Johnny. Uh, one more time. Uh, let the world know where they can find John Line. And again, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, uh, well, me personally, you can find it Johnny Christ on Instagram. It's the only uh, personal one I have. Um, and then uh, Johnny Christ Official. Avenge yeah. Sevenfold is at Avenge Sevenfold everywhere. Drinks with Johnny is at Drinks with Johnny everywhere and on uh, YouTube and the podcast and everything. So um, I appreciate the time, Jack. By the way, I listened to a few episodes. I've heard of the podcast that I'm on oh, right now, Wrestling Incorporated. It's really great stuff. I love I love when you're talking wrestling the whole time and uh, joking around with uh, – you have a couple co-hosts sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah. We we review different shows depending on the show. Usually, it's Justin and uh, referee Jimmy Corderas uh, join us. So yeah, uh, but also Issa sometimes. Alfred uh, have I've been I, on with. I her. like I like Issa. I, I was listening to one with her. She was she was getting pretty funny in there. I, I liked it. Issa and I have a rivalry. You're not allowed to like Issa. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love that even more. <laughs> we, uh, we always, uh, I, I always give her a hard time because she loves Bad Bunny. So I'm always like, Logan Paul is the greatest celebrity wrestler of all time. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good debate though, because until that last pay per view, I would have said I would have absolutely agreed with you, Jack, because that was the best celebrity performance yeah. I'd ever seen was Logan Paul. Bad Bunny could go too, man. I was like, I oh, okay. <laughs> Okay. I toned it down since uh, Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay. I thought Logan Paul would, like had it hands down. I'm going back to history of of celebrities getting in the ring. I yeah. thought he was he was he was destroying it. But then, yeah, I mean, he went with Roman Reigns though, dude. You can't take that. He went. I, he took a selfie diving off the top rope. Come on. I love Logan Paul. I love yeah. him. Yeah, he's he's been incredible uh, in pro wrestling, and so is Bad Bunny. They've just I don't know what they're yeah. I don't know what they're feeding their celebrities these days, but. They're they they've all been way better than they used to be. They're all better than I would do. Former. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, again, Johnny, thanks for being on. Appreciate it. Me, uh, everyone who's on, make sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. Go follow Johnny and uh, Johnny. We'll have to have you on again sometime. Yeah, I'd love that, man. I appreciate it anytime. Thank you.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.